Welcome to the Holy Smokes Podcast, a show about faith, friendship, fine tobacco and drink. I'm Steve Ryder, and I am in sunny Southern California at Brett and Aaron Kunkel's house. We are going to be talking about the couple that smokes together stays together. One of our recurring themes that kind of show segments that we come back to. Thanks for having me in this backyard. This is a nice little place. Yeah. Hey, it's anytime. Uh, Southern California, a little slice of heaven. So welcome. All right. First question: What you smoking? I don't know what I'm smoking because it, that's actually weed. We have honey. a that's weed. A long <laughs> we have a long-standing. That's a fat blunt. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, this is one of the uh, Oliva Master Blends. Uh-huh. So that's what you, get. you have good taste in cigars. I do. Mine's a little. Did bit you pull better. it out of your husband's humidor? No, I. Well, we share humidor. Yeah. Um, but I have my own drawer. Ah. And. Um, <laughs> Mostly because he keeps the most expensive ones in his drawer. There's, well, so there's actually 50 drawers. Confuse. You have one drawer. So how big is your humidor then? <laughs> no, it's just a, just a uh, three drawers. And um, yeah, a couple for me and one for you. Mm-hmm. But you just, you steal whatever you want. But typically, this our tradition is when we smoke cigars together that he goes and gets a cigar for me and actually cuts it and lights it for me. So... A lot of times I'll just start smoking and not realize what I'm smoking. Because I serve people like that. Yeah, he's a giver. <laughs> now, What's yeah, you got, I Brett? don't know how we got in that tradition. What you got? Uh, I am smoking an LFD, La Flora Dominicana, uh, one of the airbenders. And uh, I've, I've only had one airbender yeah. in my life. So got a little sampler pack and thought I'd light this one up for the podcast. Nice. And then I just stopped by a shop and I picked up a Romeo y Julieta Maduro Reserve. Nice. And so. Only do a pot, a Holy Smokes podcast with cigars in hand. We can. Kay and I and Carl did the trailer over Zoom because Kay's travel, Carl's travel. So when we have to. We'll do it over Zoom. Only when it's an absolute necessity. Only when and it's you an have absolute to do it without necessity. a cigar. But we got to try if at all yeah, possible. But those episodes to do will not be as highly rated. No, <laughs> they probably won't be. It's the being in person thing that makes it so good. So, exactly. Aaron, how'd you get into cigars? Well, it's kind how of. How did you ask tobacco into your heart? <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. So. This guy was smoking cigars when we were dating, right? Is that right? You had already I had like started smoking cigars but, here and there. We've been married 22 years, so through our marriage, he smoked cigars. And I first hated it. I couldn't stand the smell of cigars and the smoke and everything. But he would like me to go and sit outside with him when he'd have a cigar. And then if he had people over, too, he'd still, he'd want me to come sit outside. So I eventually got used to the smell and didn't mind it at all. And then, you know, years go by, and there were a couple times I just kind of tried it just to what? see yeah. what it Everyone, There would be once in a while I'd give you a cigar to try. Yeah. You would be a good sport. You'd give it a shot, but you just Yeah, I just thought they were terrible. And so I, I said, you know, no thanks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I had tried a few cigars, and then maybe about eight years ago, we were visiting some friends, and her husband smoked cigars, and um, she had just started smoking cigars. And so she said, oh, Aaron, do you smoke too? And I said, no, I, I, 
I tried, but, you know, I didn't really like them. Yeah. And she said, well, um, why don't you try one of mine? You might like it. And at that time, she was smoking acid cigars. Let's so be clear. She wasn't dropping acid. <laughs> yeah, she was no, no. smoking acid. <laughs> no. she acid cigars. Infused cigars. Yes. Yeah. Megan Hardray said that those infused cigars are a great gateway to get your wife on board. That's right. Yeah, they were. And especially since I had tried real cigars. <laughs> That could be offensive to some people. <laughs> Since I had tried strong cigars. Non-infused cigars. Non-infused. The infused were so easy. So I started smoking with my friend Sarah. And so she introduced me to those. And then, yeah, Brett was so excited that I actually had a cigar that I liked. Well, because we had been out with them for a couple nights over the yeah. course of like two weeks. Yeah. And so you had probably three or four cigars over that course. And then when we came home, you know, she's starting to like it. And I was like, oh, that's great. But then I remember she blew me away because we were at home after this little trip, after her smoking some cigars. And then she initiated and was like, hey, you want to go out on the patio and have a cigar tonight once the kids are, are down? Init- she initiated that. And I, I think I fainted <laughs> first. <laughs> I angels, angels are, I woke are up, singing. Yes. I woke up to a, uh, an angelic choir <laughs> singing hallelujah. And, uh, and then we had a cigar that night, and it's been every single night since. <laughs> oh, no, not quite. Not That's quite. the goal. That's where we're, we're So we're I've evolved now into my cigar taste, and now to your dismay, I actually do like better cigars, so they do cost a little more money. And you have to share some of your nice cigars with me sometimes. I do, but you're worth every penny. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Aww. Cheesy. Um, can I hug you right now, though? <laughs> Just, I tear up every time I think of it. No. Uh, no, it's been, yeah, that was really the genesis for her, and that's so, our story. Let's pray. So, <laughs> Can we close a prayer? <laughs> so, Brett, when did you get into cigars? When, when, what was your first cigar experience? You know, that's sad that I don't remember my first cigar experience. I do remember a couple of college buddies and I were, well, guys who had grown up in my church youth group. Yeah. And you grew up here in Southern California. Grew up in Southern California for most of the junior high, high school years. Was involved in a really great youth group, had a tight group of friends. One of my buddies actually converted to Reformed theology. (laughs) And with that came his introduction to the world of pipe smoking. He got into pipe smoking and cigars, and then he kind of introduced that to the rest of us. And so we would, you know, occasionally like smoke a corn cob pipe or have a cigar. And so in college, kind of periodically would smoke cigars. And then when we we spent four years in Colorado after we both graduated from college, went out there, was a youth pastor for four years, and I would smoke a pipe. And of course, in the winter, when it was colder, Aaron would let me smoke the pipe in the house. So it's not quite as strong as a cigar. And I forgot yeah. that. I am amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you are. I will affirm that. <laughs> and then when we moved back to Southern California, I can't even remember when I, I transitioned from the pipe to smoking more cigars. And yeah, I don't know. It's all one big and then blur. You pretty much stopped. Yeah, kind of stopped smoking the pipe and just went to cigars. So it's kind of a slow evolution from starting in college. All right, Aaron, let's get to your story. So 
Where were you born, raised? How'd you meet this Yahoo? (laughs) Oh, gosh. I was born and raised in Southern California. I never moved till we got married and then, as he said, went to Denver for a number of years. So, yeah, Southern California all the time. We're at in Southern California. Buena Park, right close to Knott's Berry Farm, if you've been there. Yeah. Ten minutes from Disneyland. Most people have been there. So, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home but was not a follower of Christ, just culturally a Christian, going to church on Sunday. And in junior high especially, I kind of started to turn away from my family and Christianity and didn't have any Christian friends really. And anyway, so in high school, um, my senior year, five months before graduation, I found out I was pregnant. And so a friend of mine, a few friends I had told, and um, one of them, he said, oh, um, my church has a teen mom program. You should, you should go. They have like a ministry and they like help young moms. And I did. So I went to, I started going to that church that had the teen mom uh, ministry and I got saved at that church. So I started junior college. Thankfully, I was going to go away to college, but thankfully my parents allowed me to stay at home. And I went to a junior college here in Southern California for the first year, had my daughter midway through the first semester of school. Now I'm a believer. And so I don't remember how the idea of going to Biola first came to me, but I know someone suggested it. So anyways, the next year I transferred to Biola University, and that was just 10 minutes from my parents' house. So um, it worked for me to go to classes and still be a single mom, and I worked at a coffee house at night, and so I was doing it. And anyways, so we met at school my first year. I guess it was your third year, second year. So he was already there. And we met through a school activity um, that I didn't necessarily want to go on, but I did end up going on, and we met there and hit it off right away. So it's kind of funny because he was already a youth pastor at that time, and I was a single mom, so I knew right away it wouldn't work out. (laughs) And I told him, you know, it's nice to meet you, and it was really fun to hang out, and I'll see you. See you later. <laughs> Drove away pretty fast. and um, How'd you take that, Brett? Were you, well, going, were you interested? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, I have a slightly different version. It's right, probably a it. more accurate version. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I was a Biola student, and you didn't mention that it was a guy rat. And right. nobody out there knows what that word is. What but is guy rat stands for get your roommate a date. So as an undergrad at Biola... I think one of the ways that they encourage kind of healthy group dating on the campus is they have this thing that each floor, each dorm floor will do a couple times a semester, get your roommate a date, guy rat. And your roommate would find a date for you, and then you'd find a date for your roommate, and then the whole floor would go on some kind of fun activity. So my roommate was the first guy rat of the semester, and my roommate said, well, who do you want to go with? And sometimes you go with friends but I had seen this really cute girl walking around on campus. Didn't know who she was, but knew that it was probably important for her to get to know me. (laughs) (laughs) And so I said... I can see humility as one of his spiritual gifts. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, my wife has a lot to say about 
my struggles with humility. Um, no, so she, I had seen her, didn't know her name, didn't have any information. My roommate's like, well, that, okay, yeah. that's not going to help. So we happened to be in chapel, of all places, my yeah. roommate and I, sitting in chapel. A holy place. <laughs> it was perfect. You know, I was just meditating, reviewing scripture in my mind. <laughs> and then Aaron walked in. She walked in and I, I hit my roommate. I'm like, that's her, that's her. And he recognized her. She was in a class that they had. Yeah. And it was actually right after chapel. So he went to class afterwards, went up to her and said, hey, you want to go on a, a you know, this guy rad? And she's like, what? What is that? And he, Yeah, because I wasn't living on campus. Again, I was, I'm living at home with my parents. I'm at campus like three days a week, working, raising yeah. my daughter. So... He came up and asked about a school activity, and I was like, I don't know who you are, roommate. I don't know who Brett is. I don't know what this guy Red is, and I don't know why you're bothering me, basically. so. I mean, yeah, you were at a different stage of life. Very different like stage. Single yeah. mom. Yeah. You know, yeah. you grow up a lot, obviously. Oh, and my gosh. I can't so, imagine. Yeah, she didn't want to do it, but she was gracious enough to give my roommate her phone number and said, well, just call, and I'll think about it. So he calls her the night before the date, leaves a voicemail. This is, you know, pre-cell phone, smartphone days. Yeah, he didn't leave a voicemail. He left a message with my mom. Because oh, this left it is, with yeah, pre-cell phone. So home phone number. My mom answered and he just said he was a friend from Biola and here's the place to meet and the time. And he left no return phone number. So I was stuck. So by this time, I knew. <laughs> so, so if there was a return phone number. Would you have called and canceled? Or? I probably would have just out of fear and just being scared, I would have probably pulled out because I was so, boys were not my favorite at that time. And, you know, I had been burned pretty bad. So I was not interested in dating at all. So the biological father disappeared? Yeah, he had gotten a full ride scholarship for football to college. So he had left before... I had even had my daughter. So, um, yeah, he had left, lived in another state now. So I was, yeah, on my own. And um, I had lost a lot of girlfriends, too, just in high school. A lot of my friends had had abortions. And the fact that I got pregnant wasn't a big deal. The fact that I kept it was a big deal. And... Well, I know for sure one friend in particular, she came and saw my daughter when she was born and stayed about five minutes and then said, I got to go. And she left in tears and I chased her out to the car and she said, I just can't, Erin. And she left and I never saw her again, mm. but she had had an abortion and I think it was just, it was too real. Showing her really kind of what she yeah. missed out on. So, yeah, I didn't have many girlfriends, so I actually really looked forward to Biola as a way to make some friends, some good girlfriends, and I did. I made some good girlfriends there, and and guys, too. I, was, I wasn't totally avoiding men, but I had no interest in dating whatsoever. Until... So. <laughs> until until this guy. until she sped away in her car at the end of the date <laughs> yeah. and said no. Yes. Uh, so I was stuck. I knew if I didn't show up to this event that yeah. I had learned by that point, asked some friends about what a guy rad was. I knew he would be left without a date and his whole floor, everybody would have a date. So I wasn't going to do that. So it was a pity thing. 
It kind of was. <laughs> hey, Steve, we don't need your commentary here, buddy. <laughs> so I showed up, and yeah, this was the first time I had met him. And yes, I thought he was really cute. And then we hit it off, no, too. We go on. Talk a little <laughs> more about um, I want to hear more about that part. <laughs> Um, we hit it we off. We did hit it off. We're both sarcastic, and we like to tell. joke around in case you can't tell. So we started So right you ultimately banter. really do want my commentary in this. Yeah, right? absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> as long as you're sarcastic. Yeah, so we hit it off, had a great date. In fact, after the date was officially over, we went with some other students and uh, hung out. Yeah. By the time I walked her to her car at Biola's campus, it was it was like one thirty in the morning, and the whole time, I mean, through the date, after we're hitting it off, I'm thinking I got to ask this girl out again, and so I'm trying to work up courage. What am I going to say? We're walking yeah. to the car, so I just throw it out there. Hey, would love to go out with you again. And the whole time, we were on the date. I'm thinking, when do I tell this guy that I'm not a typical Biola girl? Yeah, and that I'm a I did not mom. know a, another Biola right. <laughs> student who was a single mom or even single dad. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I say that she says, oh, yeah, I'll get your, my number, but I got to tell you something. And then she says, I have a daughter. And that's, you're just not expecting that as a, yeah. you know, a junior in college. You had this great date. You want to see this girl again. And so it took me by surprise, but she quickly opened her car door reached in, grabbed a picture, said, here's my daughter. And and then she wrote down her phone number and she gave it to me. She's like, I totally understand if you don't want to go out again. That's totally fine. Don't worry about it. Here's my number. And then jumped in her car and, and took off. I was kind of stunned. Yeah. And I remember going in and at like 2 o'clock in the morning, pounding on my buddy's dorm. So I got to talk to somebody. And was, I woke him up out of his sleep, said, here's what happened. I had this great date. want to see this girl again. But she has a kid. <laughs> Anyway, so we ended up yeah, going would, out again. You would go home on the weekends to do youth ministry at your church. And then yeah. Monday when you came back, or Sunday night, I guess, when you came back, you called. I called. We talked. And she said, well, let's sit down and talk. I'll share my testimony with you. And so we went, walked to the park. And for like six hours, we just talked. And she shared her story. I shared mine. And that was uh, the beginning. Yeah, so we dated... And then for about a year and a half, Brett graduated. Got married then, when I graduated. And then he was able to work full time, so then he could provide for the three of us yeah. to live. So then once he could work enough to provide for us, we wanted to get married. I mean, we pretty much knew we wanted to get married a couple months into dating. And Really? Okay. Um, yeah, we, it was pretty clear. And again, I'm already a mom, so I'm not really going to spend a lot of time with someone that I don't think has the potential of being a husband and and I think too Brett was already a youth pastor so he had a maturity as well yeah. that I didn't find in a lot of college guys at that time um, he was responsible for an entire junior high group he's leading trips and doing all kinds of stuff so he was spiritually a lot deeper than a lot of the guys that I knew at the time so yeah so dated a year and a half engaged five months got married when i graduated she had two years left to finish and she finished up and um yeah so that was kind of the yeah so our daughter lexi was two and a half and we got married instant family <clears throat> actually when we moved to colorado after being married two years then 
we were able to go through the court and get her officially adopted by Brett. Mm. So that was good. And then... What was that like, Brett? I mean, you and I are the same age. Class of 92, 92 rules. That's right, 92. I remember being... When I was in college, I dated a girl from my youth group, my home church. She was probably, I'd say, two, three years younger than me. And when we started dating, she was pregnant. And for me, it was like, whoa, this is something that's... I mean, it's real. If this gets serious, it's real. And you're starting marriage with... And it ultimately didn't work between me and this girl. But for you to be, how old were you when you guys got married? I just turned 23. Okay. So I was like 20, I think, when we met. Yeah, because I was 18, you were 20. Yeah. So I remember, that's why I had to go talk to a buddy after this, because I was really interested. I mean, we had, we just hit it off. And I just thought, this is heavy. There's a seriousness to this. Yeah. That, you know, doesn't, when there's a, a, a child, you know. And that's actually one of the things... It's a whole level of responsibility that us as college dudes we're not accustomed to. Yeah, and so I knew it was a serious thing. I knew I it wasn't. Sometimes you can date approach dating haphazardly or just a little more casually. I think is probably the better word. And and I just knew this wasn't kind of a casual thing. So I yeah spent a lot of time thinking about it and talking to people about it. And but just was just so drawn to Aaron and um, the kind of connection we had and. And, and just her, her love for Christ, um, you know, through this whole thing, the Lord lit her up. And so, yeah, it was just, I think, heavy is the word. What's that saying that Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character and Jerry Maguire told Jerry, don't shoplift the pooty or something like that? What was it? I don't know. Gosh, <laughs> I, I'm like, what? I don't remember that line. The pooty? Yeah. Yeah, because Cuba's character grew up in a single parent home. And so he, he was basically telling Jerry, hey, she's got a kid. You don't play around with this. You don't play around with this. This is, this is one you're very serious. And he had a saying, something like, don't shoplift the pooty. That's what We'll have to look been, that one up. So yeah. we'll Google that. <laughs> and I realized that, too. And actually, through the experience of becoming a single mom and a follower of Christ, I really wanted to devote myself to Christ and to my daughter, so that's why I had kind of yeah. put aside dating and wasn't interested in, in that and had kind of assumed that maybe when she was in junior high or high school, I would have time mm-hmm. to pursue yeah. that. Um, anyway, so we um, yeah got married. Lexi was two and a half, and then Brett was able to adopt her when she was six. Yeah, and that was really cool. That gave us some... Security. Her her biological father ended up signing over his rights. We were very thankful that he mm-hmm. did that. Um, he wasn't involved, yeah. and so yeah. yeah. And then we, uh, after four years of marriage, we had number two. Uh, Micah came along, and then uh, eighteen months later, Paige came along, and then I think because those two kids were so close, it's kind of like having twins. It's yeah. pretty exhausting. Yeah. That we waited for <laughs> four years, and then number four came along, Ella. Yeah. And Aaron thought we were done. I didn't think we were done. And uh, <laughs> we weren't. Four more years later, Jonah came along. So five kids later, probably thousands of cigars later, here we are. So, yeah, so we have five kids. Lexi is now 24, 
and our youngest is eight. What's Lexi up to? Lexi's married. She's oh, been married a couple of years. She got married relatively young for the culture now, I think. She yeah. was 21. And then they were only married a year, and she got pregnant. So we're grandparents. Congratulations. So Aaron is a grandma. Congratulations, <laughs> And Brett Aaron. is a grandpa. <laughs> so, yeah, so we have two granddaughters uh, who's they're two and six months old. So um, And an eight-year-old. It's kind of crazy. And we have an eight-year-old, yes. So eight-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 16-year-old, an 18-year-old, and a 24-year-old is our life. So we... And Aaron, you want to break the news here? What news is that expecting? Be? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. That is not funny. Uh, so getting back to, Aaron, your introduction to cigars... What has it meant to you to kind of be this kind of a part of your husband's life? Because he was into cigars, and you've kind of joined him. Yeah, I have enjoyed it. I think for me, Brett always wants me to be around what he's doing. It's kind of how our marriage has been. He's been in ministry, so I've always been in the ministry with him, whatever role that when we were in church ministry, I was doing stuff and as he's transitioned into a different type of ministry I've tried to be a part of that too of course as we added more kids um, my big call was at home with the kids so I've always appreciated that about bread it I have never felt like cigars was something he just wanted to go do by himself that you wanted me to be a part of it absolutely and that's why I tried to give her a couple cigars throughout the yeah. years to see if I could, you know, rope her in. But uh, I just didn't realize I needed to start with infused cigars, flavored cigars. <laughs> but I did see how there's something about smoking cigars. And I saw that in the men that, you know, Brett would sit down and we'd have guys over and just the deep conversations. And there's something about smoking cigars that seems to aid rich conversation Truth. and so yeah. I wanted to be a part of it even when I didn't like cigars and enjoyed you know sitting and being with Brett with the guys um, well I think just for our, our marriage it became this really great marriage enhancer I mean smoking cigars again yeah, because seriously. you know she came home from yeah. that trip where she was converted uh, she, <laughs> she would start initiating, which I loved. She would say, Hey, I went, well, you know, get the kids down. Let's go out and have a cigar and a drink or something. And so we would go sit out, you know, get the kids down by eight or nine yeah. and then go sit out and have a cigar for an hour and a half, two hours. And it would just be her and I sitting in the back and we would just talk. I mean, that's one of the great things that cigars facilitates is rich conversation. You get, you, you know, you typically put your screens away. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking. Both of them are on their phones <laughs> while they're watching. The we are podcast. here with your neighbors. <laughs> Re-record that. No, we got to keep that one in because they're up next. No, I wasn't actually calling you guys out. But like, you know, you you guys can you guys can get back on your screen. You can stay addicted to your screens, guys. Um, no, but you know, you you typically yeah. 
all the screens go away, everything else goes away. It's you're enjoying the cigar and you're enjoying the person who's sitting across from you or the people that you're with. And we would sit and talk for a couple hours. And sometimes it would just be about the details of life, the busyness, the calendar, whatever decisions coming up, that kind of thing. And then other times it would, it just naturally flows into deeper conversation about, you know, things that we're struggling with or, you know, things that have happened and we're processing them together. So it's been a huge marriage enhancer. Yeah. And I think for the women maybe listening who are not interested in smoking cigars, just an encouragement too is that you can still go sit with your husband. And that's how it started for me of just sitting with him, not being as repulsed by it, <laughs> um, realizing that this is something your husband really enjoys. So you're going to participate in the way you can and want to. But it was nice because you want to, wives want to have time where their husbands are undistracted and they're listening and you're able to unwind from the day. And it was a great outlet for that. I like what you said there because, you know, you, you, you kind of joke, not be repulsed by it. But I think when I talk to a lot of guys, you know, when they talk about their wives' um, view of this or their reaction to it, it's like, oh, yeah, if I have a cigar, I have to do it away from my wife. If I come home and I smell like cigar, I have to undress, you know, outside mm -hmm. before I walk yeah. in the house. And then I have to shower three times. So I really appreciated Erin, even before she kind of started smoking herself, she didn't give me that, oh, I'm repulsed. That's so disgusting. I can't believe you do that kind of thing, you know, reaction. And I think that would even be helpful, even if a, a wife doesn't want to partake, that's okay, but not to treat it as this thing that's this kind of thing yeah. you barely tolerate. Yeah. But it actually can be a time to sit and connect with your husband. All right, it is time for rapid fire questions and close this thing out. Hey everyone, before we get to Brett and Aaron's rapid fire segment, I wanted to talk about today's sponsor, Blinkist. Have you ever reread a classic book like How to Win Friends and Influence People or Five Levels of Leadership by John Maxwell? It's an investment of time, but do you need to reread the entire book? Blinkist summarizes the key thoughts and insights of these books, as well as more than 2,500 additional titles, most of which you can read in less than 15 minutes. I signed up for Blinkist last year and have become a huge fan. Summer of 2019, I reread the Blinkist summary of how to win friends and influence people once a night for five consecutive nights before bed just to get those concepts back into my conscious and subconscious. The app says that one's a 21-minute read, but I got it done in about 15 minutes. I also re-reviewed other books like Lean Startup, Play Bigger, Launched by Jeff Walker, War of Art, many more. Read via their mobile app, which is beautifully designed, or at the website, or export to your Kindle. You can even listen to the audio versions while on the go or while you read along in their app. The best part is you can try Blinkist for a free seven-day trial. Our affiliate link is in the show notes, or you can go to holysmokes.club slash blink that's holysmokes.club slash blink. And if you subscribe by using the link that we provide, it's an easy way to support the work that Kay, Carl, myself, and my team, like Sangram, Phidias, Fail, Belray, are all doing to keep this show going for you. We only want to promote products and services that we personally use and are fans of, and this is one of them. 
check out our affiliate link, holysmokes.club slash blink to learn more. More importantly, this show is brought to you by you. We are a 501c3 organization and your tax deductible donations are what pays our bills and what will allow us to spread the word about Holy Smokes. You can go to paypal.me slash holysmokesclub to make your donation. That's paypal.me slash holysmokesclub. Thanks. Rapid fire. Fire. Favorite cigar. Right now, it would be uh, Liga Pravada number nine. I kind of reserve that as a special treat when, especially when I'm traveling. So, I appreciate that for our budget's sake as well. <laughs> Isn't that the more expensive? It's, yeah, it's okay. a sixteen dollars stick. Oh, okay. Uh, what's my favorite, Brett? I don't know if Erin has a favorite right now, but she's been smoking a lot of Olivas, Serio, Serie oh, G, yeah, like Master Blend. I almost picked up a Serie G at the shop that I stopped mm-hmm. at before I came here. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Oliva is a good yeah. line, especially, you know, just good solid cigar, but very good price point yeah. on Oliva cigars. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell we have a bunch of kids? We're like talking about budgets keep yeah. coming up. All right. Favorite food? For me, anything Mexican food. Mexican food's my favorite. A steak with a good bottle of Cabernet. Oh, Favorite drink that leads into our next one. Favorite drink to pair with your cigar. Oh wow! That's easy. Yeah, and I love to have a drink with a cigar. Um, probably a mojito, I guess. Yes. I would say. Uh, favorite drink would be an old fashioned. Old fashioned. That's my wife's favorite. Yeah. Oh yeah. She got turned on to that. I grew up in Wisconsin, and so one of our trips back there. Oh yeah. My brother got one, and she was like, "I want to try that," and she's like, "That's my favorite drink. Yeah. That's my favorite drink." Oh. Uh, I don't know, four years ago for Christmas, she got me a little bar set and a book on how to make old fashions. And so I've been honing my skill. I'm going to need that book. I'm going to need a link to that book on Amazon. I'm going to go get that for my wife. I think after this podcast, I'll make you an old fashioned. Ah, nice. Marvel or DC? Um, Marvel? Is that? Yeah, Marvel clearly in the movie universe. But DC gives Marvel a run for their money in the comic book universe. But yeah, growing up, our age, Super Friends, baby. It was all about Super Friends. That was the best cartoon <laughs> That's right. ever. That's right. Wonder Twin Powers, activate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was not part of any of that. My no, you were listening to Bobby Brown. Our <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to Bobby Brown in those days. But I like the Marvel movies mostly because yeah. our son has you know, likes to go to those movies. When I've taken him out on dates, he wants, you know, he likes to go to Marvel movies. So I've seen, I think all of them now. So yeah. (laughs) Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, Star Wars. Star Wars. Dogs, cats, neither or both? For me, dogs. Dogs. The kids have been working on Aaron for the last two years to try and get a dog. get a new puppy, yeah. We've had dogs you have had dogs in the past. I didn't grow up with pets, so that's been something new for me. But we have had dogs. I've participated, and they're wanting a new puppy now. Best dollar-for-dollar dollar cigar? Well, I am partial to LFDs, and so I would spend my dollars there. Almost any line of LFDs. I like the L500 cabinet, but almost anything LFD makes, I'll smoke. 
You can answer, answer for that me for on both that. of us. <laughs> I do the cigar buying in the house. He does. He really does. All right, final two questions. If you could have a holy smoke with any three people in history, living or deceased, who would they be? You can't name Jesus just because everyone's going to name Jesus. I love American history, so I would probably say George Washington. Mm -hmm. Last year, the kids and I, I homeschool, we read several books on Winston Churchill, so that's kind of... He was a huge cigar guy. I know he was. I'm sure a lot of cigar guys would say Winston Churchill, but I would say that too. I think it would be fascinating to smoke a cigar with him. And then... Now, do these people have to smoke cigars? No, they don't have to. Okay. Because there are people that show up to a Holy Smoke that don't smoke. I'm sure you guys have had, here in Orange County, have had people that just show up just to hang out. Yeah. No, we've actually banned them. So. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) So then my third one would be, I'm just thinking history-wise, but I think I would say Abigail Adams. Oh. I think she would be a girl that would be up for a cigar. So that's my three. Okay. Uh, I think I have background in philosophy, so I'd love to have a cigar with Aristotle. Uh, Ah, It's the first Aristotle that I've heard so far. Gosh, I think maybe the Apostle... No, no, the Apostle Paul. Okay. The Apostle Paul would be... It'd be fascinating to talk to him. Yeah. And uh, and then as a godly man, I'm sure he smoked as well, so... (laughs) And then the third one would be a living guy, and actually I have had a smoke with him. Okay. But J.P. Moreland, who's a... Christian philosopher and apologist. He actually lives 20 minutes away, and we have had cigars together. But he has been kind of a huge mentor from afar and close up. I studied philosophy under JP. I think just a significant guy in the 20th and 21st century. So, JP. All right, final question. If I come next year, one year from now, bearing a bottle of champagne... What are we celebrating? The birth of our sixth child. No. <laughs> Wait, no, okay. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I need that bottle of champagne. <laughs> if we no, you, you'd be asking for a bottle of bourbon if that were the case. <laughs> We'd be celebrating Aaron and I finishing. We've talked about co-authoring a book on parenting. So I think we're going to... we talked about it, you mean you've talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we would be celebrating the finishing the manuscript for that. That wow. would be, that'd be a good one. Aaron? I guess mine was just more simple of just that we would be celebrating for us another year of marriage, another year of school with our kids. By next year, I'll have graduated my first... We didn't homeschool our oldest daughter, but started with our other four. So our son will graduate in the fall. So I'll have graduated my first homeschooled kid, and that would be celebrating a lot of years of pouring in to him. Mm. So just celebrating life and being together, doing ministry together. So... Now, yeah. you guys have a podcast together that you're doing? We, you mentioned? Yeah, we, we launched a, an organization two years ago called Maven Yeah, that really is focused on trying to help parents and grandparents and youth leaders and pastors disciple the next generation. So we really focus on students and, 
and adults who are discipling students. And so uh, we've got three episodes in the can about to launch that podcast. It's just called the Maven Parent Podcast. We have a video version that will be on YouTube and an audio version as well. So We will have a link to that in the show notes awesome. when Excellent. this thing releases. So that way if anyone is interested in checking that out, that sounds interesting, uh, we will have a link so that way people can check you guys out. Awesome. Brett, you travel, you speak on apologetics. Talk a little bit about your ministry and what you do. Yeah, so the mission of Maven is to help a new generation know truth, pursue goodness, and create beauty for the cause of Christ, and then to help parents and grandparents and leaders and pastors do the same thing with their students, disciple them in those things. So yeah, so we've got three main strategies to our ministry. We have uh, online resources that we're developing, so we've just launched a new website. We're developing the podcast. What's the website? The website is maventruth.com. Maventruth.com. Yeah, so we want to offer a lot of virtual resources for parents and students. Then we do live events. So we, I do a lot of speaking. We have a couple of conferences that we do in Southern California. Uh, next February, we have a, uh, an adult conference that we do in Southern California in Orange County. It's called the Maven Conference. It's really trying to help equip adults mm-hmm. to disciple kids. Uh, kids zero to 18 years of age in this cultural moment. It's a very challenging cultural moment for, uh, I think, uh, the church and all the challenges that young people are facing. And uh, so we do these live events. And then we also do, uh, for students, we do this thing called immersive experiences, where it's just a really deep level of training to help them know what they believe, why they believe it. We do an apologetics immersive experience where we take them to a place like Berkeley, California. We have them have conversations with atheists, uh, skeptics, non-believers of all stripes to really help them to learn how to articulate why Christianity is actually true and what's the evidence for it. And so they get a lot of training beforehand before we do these trips. We do a biblical trip, which helps young people get to know the, you know, Christian theology and what they believe and what scripture teaches. And we do that. We have that trip uh, to Utah. And so they engage with Mormons about God and the gospel. Hmm. And then we have a worldview trip, which really helps young people to understand how does their faith in Christ and their theology, how does it play out in every single area and sphere of life? And so how, how do you not separate your Christianity from what you study in college or the business that you're going to go into or the work that you do or smoking cigars or whatever it is? How do you see everything through the lens of your Christian faith? So that's the ministry. And all of that is at maventruth.com. maventruth.com. And you've also written a book, co-written a book with John Stone Street. Yeah, and by co-writing, what I mean is I wrote the book and I let John put his name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Practical <laughs> Guide to Culture. Yeah, I know. John's a great friend and co-author. Uh, it's called a Practical Guide to Culture, Helping the Next Generation Navigate Today's World. And uh, it's just on all these things. Great resource for parents that want to and grandparents that want to speak into their kids' and grandkids' lives and understand what's going on. So, Brett and Aaron Kunkel, thanks for being on the Holy Smokes Podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having us.